Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Woohoo! We are excited to be back home again. <laughs> but I know Pastor Brad brought an amazing message last week to inspire and encourage and help you move forward. Amen? Well, we've been to Dallas, home. We flew to California. The exciting part of those of you that, uh, if you remember this book called Just Laugh at That, with Steve Backlund from Global Legacy at Bethel Church in, in California, on Sunday, this was our day. In a brief nutshell, I'll hurry, honey. <laughs> so we leave Sunday morning, we get to the airport, and we get ready to check in. And they say, your flight is delayed. Well, you won't catch your next flight, so we've got to change your flight. We were on, Uni on US Airways or United. It's supposed to be on United. And so they're working, and it takes them a long time to figure this out. I think we had a new girl. That's, that's a joy. And so she gets us changed over, and the flight's like four hours later. It's like, oh, man, we could have been at church. And so it's, we don't leave till almost 2, and it was like 9-something. And, well, we go and sit down. Well, Eric forgot his glasses. So he says, I think they might be out in the car. Well, but before that, we weighed our luggage, and it was overweight because we shared a bag. Not a good idea. Not a good idea to share a bag because I have heavy stuff. It's really not him. It's me. And I didn't even take some of the things that I normally take, like my wonderful sound machine and things like that. So I said, take out a pair of your buckle jeans. They are heavy. <laughs> so we took out a pair of those jeans and our tennis shoes, so no walking for us. So we took those out and we made weight on the suitcase. It was going to be $200. We just thought it'd be another $25, you know, to pay for another, what, you pay for another bag. Nope, 200 I was like, oh, I'll go buy another bag over there before I'd pay $200. So we got that settled. So we sat down, he checked, he didn't have his glasses. He did have his sunglasses that were prescription. So from there on, he's wearing his sunglasses inside, outside, everywhere. And, and it's like, he must think he's cool wearing his sunglasses <laughs> inside. So we went to IHOP and had, I was like, well, let's go eat. I mean, what else do you do when you have four hours? So we went to IHOP. Then we ran into a young lady from our church that uh, used to attend. She, they, they, she, um, where, what was the city? Yeah, she was a nurse. Her name was True. And um, she lives in Helena Goltry area now. And so I didn't recognize her. So we're, we walk in, and, and she's, she caught Eric's eye and was just like, hello. And we walked up. I was like, she must think she knows us, and we don't. You know how when kids see a teacher out in Walmart, and they're like, what are, we, what are you doing here kind of thing? And so, I, you know, I'm, I wasn't thinking about running into someone that I knew. And so 
It's funny because sometimes we've had a stewardess tell Eric, do you know who you look like? Scotty Brooks, the Thunder Coach. And, we, and Eric was like, she must think I look like somebody she knows, you know. And we were sitting down there, and Eric was like, no, she knows me for me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon she came over, and she was like, don't you recognize me? And then she just would go, oh, we do now. <laughs> so we got to visit with them for a while. And so then we went back to the airport, and there's a big old line, and we decide to get the lady rushes over. She's like, here, I have you all taken care of. Here's your tickets. Well, they had taken our luggage and wouldn't. She was like, here, let me just put your bag right here. We're like, okay. Well, we got to Sacramento. And our bag was still in Oklahoma. I was breathing and going, let's just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Let's just laugh at that. Okay, we're alive, we're safe, because all, all along everything was being changed. I said, God's protecting us. You know, you just have to just smile and go, whatever the changes are, if it's mechanical, I'm okay with it. I really want a safe plane to travel in, right? So Eric and I are going back and forth going, do we stay in Sacramento? Do we drive to Redding? Do we? I mean, we couldn't make a decision. Redding was two and a half hours away. Our luggage was supposed to be in at 10.30 that night. That was like, okay, so we'll stay. So we, we decided to stay in Sacramento. Then the lady was going to call us to tell us our luggage was there. And at 11.30, she says, your luggage didn't come. This was Sunday night. I just rolled over. I was like, I'm not feeling like laughing at it. So I better go to sleep so I can keep my mouth shut. So we get up in the morning, and we drive. Er well, I woke up at 3.30. I was like, well, we got to go to Walmart. I do have to have hair stuff, and I do have to have a different top to wear. So at 3.30, we head out from the hotel to go to Walmart to get as minimal things as I can make it on because my hair products bag, and you know, it's not a little amount. It's the weight of the bag. So then we, uh, we made it to Walmart. We headed to Reading. We got there on time because I did not want to miss anything at Reading because I knew we had an appointment with God. And I wasn't going to allow not having the bag, even though it didn't make me happy. I was just like, okay, I'm not going to miss what God has for us because it's going to be awesome. So Monday all day, we're just in the presence of God and meeting some great pastors and leaders and having a great time so we don't get back to the hotel till like nine and guess what no back so at nine o'clock we're heading up the elevator and I'm like just quiet it's best when you don't have anything good to say to just don't say anything at all so I just went to bed and they told us that they would turn the light on on the phone when the bag came in so guess who's waking up Looking for the light. <laughs> no light. And Eric woke up about, what, five or something, and he, and he called down there, and the back was there. Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. Praise the Lord. So anyway, that's just to say that you can remain in a place of joy 
in the midst of things not going right. I can't say I was laughing, but I was doing my best to keep my mouth shut and not rob what God had for me during those three days. So I walked in on Tuesday morning because everyone knew. We only had 18 of us in our, in our group of pastors. Everyone was like, you got your bag. <laughs> I was like, you could tell? <laughs> so that was, our, uh, that was our, our growing time of just in the natural realm of bags and airports. And, and we had an uneventful home trip that was just like, this is the way it's supposed to go. But how many of you know that you grow? You can grow in difficult times. That when the pressure's on is really when you get to practice what you know. Because when you're on the mountaintop and everything is great, are you really having to press into God? Are you? No, it's when the challenges come that you're like, wow, I get to practice what I know in the Lord. And it's not easy, but you will grow when you do that. And I felt like I grew a whole lot by not having my bag of things that I was used to having, but I didn't let the, the enemy steal my joy. Amen? So that's a word for, for you all today. It's a free word about a bag. Amen? Um, we just had an amazing time. There's no way that, uh, that I'm going to go into all the detail. We went to Gateway. We, there was just, how many of you know pastors need healing too? And after 16 years of ministry, we just needed some healing. And that's being vulnerable and transparent to you. And we didn't want, I was talking to Robert today, we didn't want to fall into the statistic of, of pastors not continuing to pastor because of not getting healing. We've talked to some of our pastor friends, and they were like, we should have done that. We should have done this. We should have done that. And so we wanted to, to be the best that God had called us to be so that we could keep on going. Amen. So we went to Gateway. We went to a Kairos conference. It was just inner healing. There was 1,100 of us, but it was so personal with God. Amen? And then we went to Bethel, and we had a small group with 18, with 18. I mean, they were from all over the world. When you go to Bethel, believe me, it's not USA. I mean, we had a, a pastor from Brazil who had lost her husband four years ago, and she was still pastoring the church and, and they had 3,000 whenever he, they were pastoring together, and they still have 800. So it's an amazing big church in Brazil. And then another couple from um, United Kingdom. And so it was like God was connecting us with, there was like three couples from the U.K. So that was pretty amazing. But I have to tell you one thing. I mean, it's just so huge and so big. But we had a prophetic time where... Um, we just got some prophetic ministry, and it was amazing and beautiful. But one key point of it was God said that he was going to connect us, and it may be something new, maybe we hadn't even thought about it, but with girls that had come out of sex trafficking. And he didn't know how it was going to happen, which we already have a connection, but there was a young girl in our small group, 24 years old, 24, just passionate for Jesus, who... It has written curriculum and has, is overseeing three homes in College Station, Texas. Sixteen girls in each of the homes that have been taken out of sex trafficking. 
So in the middle of that, God met, he, he gave the prophetic word and it was already manifested right there in our, in our, in our special time there at Bethel. So it was amazing. So our hearts connected with Ashley and, and I'm just believing that she's going to be able to come up sometime and she might be able to bring even a, a couple of the girls and they be able to share their testimonies. And I just know that God is going to connect your hearts with her too and what she's doing for the Lord to help bring these girls out of a place of destruction. Amen. Amen. So that was amazing. All right. Well, are you ready to give to the Lord? I'm just excited. Can I tell you something else? Tuesday night, I hugged my husband and I said, I believe I'm healed. I don't know what that looks like, but I know it's going to be more than what I've been giving. And I'm just excited to see where God takes us and what, what's going to transpire over the next few years. And we're, we're back. How's that? So let's honor the Lord this morning with our giving. You know what? All I know is when we went to Gateway, there was no registration fee. They gave us water and snacks and 1,100 people. They never took up an offering. And you know what they said at the end? Thank you to all the tithers of Gateway Church. So this morning, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without those of you that are faithful tithers. And we just say, thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for sowing into the kingdom. Thank you for for not giving up on God, for not giving up on this house. Thank you. We just say thank you. So this morning, we're just going to honor the Lord with our giving and just bless him because it's out of, out of the abundance of our heart that we give to the Lord because we love him, because he is a good, good daddy. Amen. So stand up. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for healing. We thank you for emotional healing. We thank you, Father, for physical healing. Lord, we thank you and praise you for new life. We thank you for the new life of our new grandson that we're going to get to see today. We thank you, Father, for, for restoration. Lord, we thank you, Father, that, that you are a restoring God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Oh, my goodness, how can I forget about our grandson? We have a new grandson. Eli Joseph, 8 pounds, 7 ounces, 21 inches long, and uh, we get to go hold him today. So we're so, so excited. Okay, this is impromptu, but the Holy Spirit is, like, on me. So um, as she was, Pastor Shelley was talking about being healed. Okay, uh, varsity football team starts this week, and he's starting quarterback, and as mom, I'm like, offensive line, you better do your job, <laughs> you know, because I don't want those 300-pound linemen coming and smashing my son. And the Holy Spirit just quickened in me that we need to be their offensive linemen because they have been hurt. And, I mean, people hurt him unintentionally. But our prayers, we're not to fight the people, obviously, but our prayers are their protection. So today, I'm asking you to commit to being our pastor's offensive alignment with your prayers.
They need them daily. They need them weekly on a regular basis to protect them from, from people who just don't know better. You know, I mean, some people just don't know better. I, I'm sure I've hurt them in ways and unintentionally. But sometimes we just don't know better. Sometimes we get wrapped up in ourselves and, and only think of ourselves because that's we're human and we're flesh. But don't, don't let up. Do your job. Not everyone's called to be a quarterback. Not everyone's called to carry the ball. But we're all called to do something. And if that, if I always tease Susan, man, get Sean to Woodward because I need him protecting Cade. If you've seen Sean, he's a big old boy. Cade's not very big. Cade's learned to be really fast because he needs to outrun people. <laughs> but be our pastor's offensive lineman, amen. Can, can you do that with me? Commit to praying for them so that they can stay in a place of healing and stay in a place because hurt hinders them. Hurt hinders them from carrying forth the vision of this body. And we need them. I need them to carry forth their vision because you know what? That carries forth my destiny because I'm connected to them. So if you want your destiny to be carried forth, then we've got to commit to, to, being, to protect them and not just our, our, our pastors, Eric and Shelley, but all of the leaders, Tom and Linda, Jerry and Virginia, Sean and Jody, Jason and Jessica. They all need our prayers to protect and just surround them on a daily basis. Amen? So be their offensive lineman. All right, let's give it to the Lord. The waste of this world, I'll grab no hold on. Let me go on, let me fly by. Taking this door down, I'm so. I'm like, okay, where do I, where do I start, you know? Um, first of all, turn to your neighbor and say, we're glad you're here. Come on, you smile at him and say, we're glad you're here today. If you are visiting with us, we want to welcome you to Living Word Fellowship Church. We, um, we have been in, uh, this is our last day of a 21-day challenge, and I want to share a little bit as I get into that. But um, the message really today is going to be a little bit about you are mine. Say that. 
you are mine. And that's God speaking to us. But I just want to kind of wrap this up um, as we as we get into this this morning and just share uh, my heart just a moment. I was 20 years old when I gave my heart to Jesus. I was 24 when I gave him my life. I came from a family that my father was a bricklayer, and he was out some during the winter time because we lived in upstate New York, and it snows up there. It actually snows a lot more than it does here, and he wasn't able to go to work at times. I'm the youngest of five. My, all, all my three older sisters and older brothers say that I'm the favorite of the family. I don't know where they got that from. I sure didn't feel that because every time I'd go to do something wrong, my mom already knew it because my brothers and sisters have already tried it. Come on, somebody. You'd be over there, and she'd say, get out of that. And I'm like, how did she know that? How did she know what I was doing? You know, and I didn't even know God at the time, and I was thinking she's got to be God, seeing what's going on in the living room while I was going through some drawers or whatever it might have been. But my brothers and sisters kind of, uh, they, they kind of gave her a lot of experience. So when I grew up, I couldn't get away with nothing because she knew what was going on. You better put that back. How'd she know I was in there? Um, a little story just to, to kind of share with you. I, I have an older brother. He's three years older than I am, and we decided to have a contest. Anybody like contests? Got like a few contests? Our contest was who could eat the most toast. This was in an evening, 10 o'clock at night. We decided we were going to have a contest to see who could eat the most toast. Now, you know, many years ago, you didn't have grocery stores that were open 24 hours a day. Come on, somebody. You didn't have gas station that you could go get gas. So my mom had a big old freezer, and she had like, you know, 10 loaves of bread. So my brother and I decided we would have a little contest who could eat the most toast. After about four loaves of bread and I don't know how many sticks of butter, I think he finally won. And mom came and found out that what in the world happened to the kitchen because the kitchen had kind of blown up with us having toast and having toast and watching movies and having toast and watching movies and having toast. And does anybody else like toast in this place? I got some toast people in here today. No, I'm not going to sing that song. What I'm saying is that my mom was disappointed because we ate all the toast. But she still said, you're my boys. You are mine. You belong to me. Even though I made some decisions when I was younger that weren't quality decisions, that I hope other people don't make those decisions, they make quality decisions. No matter what I went through, she said, you're still my baby boy. Everybody go, ah. Oh. She'd say, you're still my baby boy. And we went back to see my sisters and brother, and they're like, yeah, you're still mom's baby boy. You're his favorite. And I remember here in Pastor Virginia, I do listen to the message while I was gone, and you were talking about there were no favorites with God, and, and um, you know, just that when you're close to God, that God seems to, you know, when you're closer to him, you just, you just get more stuff. What can I say, you know? If you're at the grocery store, every time mom goes to the grocery store and you ask for something, chances are you're going to get something when you ask. And I just wanted to thank Pastor Virginia. You, some of you guys, if you're not here on Wednesday night, I want to encourage you. 
to try to come on Wednesday nights because there's some tremendous teaching that's going on. Pastor Virginia has talked about the presence of God. And we're going to be talking about that coming up in the next few months. And um, the other thing, too, is Pastor Sean. Pastor Sean, Pastor Sean, let's give Pastor Sean a hand. Because I'm telling you, on Wednesday nights, it's been a, amazing. He's been taking Exodus, and he's been going and talking about Moses. And as you look at Moses, you can look at yourself and say, he did an extraordinary things, but he was an ordinary person. And he went through trials and difficulties and things like that that you go through. And Sean's been really showing those things and how he hears from God. And we're going to talk a little bit more about hearing from God also. And then I listened to Christie's Kingdom Covenant on Wednesday night, and she did a really great job. She's, she laid it out, and, and not only about the old covenant, but the new covenant, and the covenant and how it reflects to us of, of Jesus. Jesus is my covenant. Are you with me? He's my covenantial uh, blood. He shed his blood. And Linda, you had, a, had an amazing message. I was listening to it. She did the God of do-overs. Say do-over. You know, it's like, how many I have experienced the God of do-overs? I get to do that over and 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 over. And there's times where I just keep walking around the mountain. He's the God of do-overs. And Linda had talked about that, and she, she had showed this video that I thought was, was pretty cool about the RE and the ER. And uh, her, her scripture was based off of, of Jonah and how Jonah had had got a, got to do over with with Nineveh, and I want to just thank you guys for that. So big kudos to you. It is a great word on Wednesday nights, and 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 so don't stay home. Come and be part of what God is doing. Amen, amen. the The other thing, real quickly, is Mission Native America. We've got a mission trip that's we're kicking off. I think part of this process that we've been in is we've kind of lost vision. I haven't lost vision. I just quit telling you about it, thinking it didn't matter, thinking it wasn't an opportunity for you or thinking you didn't want to take advantage of the opportunity. Well, we've got an opportunity to do a local mission here, and uh, we can go to the Hopi tribe. There's information back. It's the second table back there. There's some people already signed up. Um, it's going to be in October, and if you can go, we'd love to have you be part of that. All right? Uh, can I get an Amen. All right, let's, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want us to be able to get into something. And as you're turning, I just want to speak uh, a word over you today. Let's just, let me just pray. Father, I just thank you that you open up our ears to be able to hear. Unlock our hearts to be able to receive. There's been many people here that have taken this challenge up. And today might be the last day, but the last day could be the first day of a new beginning. And that you continue to strengthen them in their, in their, not only their personal efforts, but they rest and you connect with them in such a great and mighty way. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I'm going to give you a couple scriptures real quick to start with. I want to talk with you a little bit about you are mine. And some of you are like, you know, I know what, I know what, I hear it, I hear it. But do you really know that you belong to God? And if you belong to God, because you belong to God, that he has a certain responsibility to take care of you, all right? So let me just share with you a couple real quickly. Psalms 103, verses 10 through 12. It says, he has not dealt with us according to our sins. I ought to get a great big hallelujah right there. You know what I mean? It's like, woo! He isn't dealing with you according to your sins, nor rewarded us 
according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. Look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your transgressions from us. Is that all? I'm like, yeah, baby, because, you know, I had some mess. And he's moved my mess as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says never to be what? Remembered again. Listen, that that's reminding you of your past, that that's reminding you of the things that you didn't do, that that's reminding you is not God reminding you. Because it would be a violation of this scripture. If he's reminding of your sin, if he's reminding of your transgression, then we would be violating this scripture, and God's not going to violate this scripture. Somebody ought to give me a great big amen or hallelujah or something. It's like, yes, he's not counting that against you. And what happens is we want him to count it against us. You mean I just get off? I get off scot-free? I get off, there's consequences to my sin. There's consequences to me not being obedient to hear from God. There's consequences to those things and not following through that. But when Jesus came and did the finished work on the cross, he said, I'm going to remove that sin, the past, present, and future sin in your life, and I'm going to put it under the blood of Jesus. But somehow we have a problem that we can't walk that way because what you've heard is the enemy say, are you sure you belong to him? Are you sure? What about that deal that you did 20 years ago? That's still there. What about last week when you did this? That's not God reminding you of that. That's the enemy reminding you of that. We have a good God. God is good all the time. God is good. Philippians three thirteen and 14, it says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid of hold of it yet, but one thing I do, say one thing, forgetting what lies behind, And reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on the goal of the prize for the upward call. Forgetting what was back there. (laughs) Are you hearing me today? Forgetting what was back there and pressing towards what's ahead. Say this after me. Say, my future is bright. So we're in these meetings, and I'm with some of these other pastors, and I'm wearing my shades. (laughs) I felt like a dork. I did. I was like, yeah, i got to wear these shades. And I thought, wait a minute. I kept putting them on my head and then putting them back, and then I put them here, and then I put them back. And I said, forget it. I'm just going to wear them. You know why? Because my identity is in him. My identity wasn't that I'm, my future is so bright i got to wear shades. My identity wasn't in some song or anything else. My identity was in God. And I explained to someone, I was like, hey, you know what? He didn't have his luggage. They understood, and they still received me as a child of God. So let's, t- let's take a look at this because you are mine. Ephesians chapter 2. Just listen to the words, and and if you feel like you just got to rejoice, rejoice. I can just begin to start seeing some things begin to rise. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to share with you verses 1 through 10. And you, you, were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, 
according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly used to live in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, somebody say, but God. Check this out. Listen to this. Being rich in his mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. Woo! That just makes me want to just shout. Woo! I just think, oh, I was dead, now I'm alive. We've been talking about new life, haven't we? See, you haven't realized that you just, you just sometimes you just got to be the, the walking dead. When you're the walking dead, I'm not talking about zombies. I'm talking about when you're dead of the things of the world and you're alive in Christ, then you walk in this new life. And he goes on to say there's, it even gets better. He says, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved. Let's give the Lord some praise for grace, can we? And we don't really understand the fullness of it, but I said, by grace I've been saved. He goes on and he says, and he raised us up with him. You've been raised up with him. Seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we used to have our, our throne up here, and that's where we're seated. See, a lot of times we don't look at being seated up here. We look at being seated down here. We look at being seated down here. We have an identity crisis in the body of Christ. We're seated with him in high places. You are seated with him in high places. You are seated with him in high places. You want to know why? Because you're royalty. How do you get to be seated with him in high places? Because you're royalty. Say, I'm royalty. Say, I got destiny. Say, I'm royalty. Say it again. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. Is that hard? Because if you listen to your past, if you listen to the voices in your head, if you listen to the thing and said, I'm not royalty, then we contradict what God's word is, and that lie is from the enemy. Say, I'm royalty. Do I have any royal people in this place? Can you put your shoulders back a little bit? Are you to be arrogant? No, he's not talking about that. But you can put your shoulders back and say, wait a minute, I am royalty. I am royalty. It's not about my past. It's not about what happened in my past. It's not about what I've done in my past. It's about what Jesus has done for me, and I am royalty. I am, I am made new. I'm raised up with him. You're not just anybody. You're royalty. We were with some Brits this past week, and they talked a little bit about us, about the queen. And when the queen comes out, they all, they're royalty. Hello, queenie. Hello, they talk about royalty. See, you're not just anybody. Say, I'm not. Come on, everybody. Say, I'm not just royalty. I am the king's kid. 
Royalty is part of your DNA. It's part of what you are. You are even greater than that. You're not just a king. You, the Bible says you're not only a king, but a priest. A priest and a king. Not just one or the other. And a lot of times we try to operate our lives as one or the other. Say, I'm royalty. I'm not just anybody. I'm royalty. We need that to sink in. Because where we're going to go in the presence of God, guess what? You're going to be invited in. You're going to be invited in. There are mysteries in the Word of God that are laid up for the royal. There are things that you understand now that other people out there that don't have a relationship with Jesus don't understand. And I got news for you. They're not going to. Because it's laid up for you. It's set apart for you. As you walk in royalty, you will access the royal court of heaven. Anybody want to access the royal court of heaven? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is good. So you're not just, you're not just anybody. You are royalty. Go with me to, to Galatians. I want to flip over just to Galatians, and let's look at Galatians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 7, here's what it says. Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. He's talking about his sonship in Christ. Now I say, as long as an heir is a child, how many of you know we are joint heirs with Jesus? We need to settle that. He died. We are joint heirs with him. We have an inheritance. Oh, come on, somebody. We have an inheritance. It's an inheritance that you can access now. You don't have to go to heaven to access the inheritance. Oh, come on, somebody. And he was talking about being an heir, and he was talking about, if you'll read it beforehand, he was talking about Abraham and that they're, they're an heir of Abraham. And he comes on and he, and he goes on and says, Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ from all of the slave or the servant, although he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also, we were also the children. We were held in bondage under, under the elementary things of the world. Now listen. Here's, a, here, here's the picture. He's saying, look, you were a child, and a child has to have a mother. A child has to have a parent. A it's the way it's designed, y'all. We were a child. Whether you're a child in Christ and you're 50 years old, you still can be a child. Now you're beginning to have a, a tutor, somebody that's coming in that's mentoring. Our, our terminology nowadays might be a mentor, might be a tutor, somebody that's helping raise you up. And this was before he went to the cross, but he goes on and he says this right here. He said, but when the fullness of time came, say time came. And he's that fullness of time, and we could look at it and go, was he talking about Jesus coming back? No, he's talking about when Jesus went to the cross. He said, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. <laughs> Say, I'm adopted. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you've made a profession of faith, if you've made a commitment to say, you, I'm connected with you, God. Who's your God? Jesus is my God. 
the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the three in one. That's who I belong to. Now, all of a sudden, I'm adopted as a son. I am made a son. I am in the family of God. I am not just a person down here in the family. I'm not just Gideon. Come on, Gideon had some issues in his life also. He had some real issues that we deal with. Well, I don't know. I'm not good enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. Gideon was like, I'm the least of the least. I don't even know if I can measure up. I mean, not only am I the least of the least, our clan is the least, and I'm the least in the least. But God chose Gideon, didn't he? And he chooses you. He chooses you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're chosen. Come on, tell him, you're chosen. You are chosen. You are chosen. And I, we caught the end when we were in the, I, uh, the IHOP there. We, we got online when we got in our booth, and we got online, and I caught the end of Brad's message, message and he, Pastor Brad, and he was talking about being disciples. And how many of you know you're chosen to be a disciple? That's an honorable thing. You're chosen. You're chosen to be royalty. You have plan. You have purpose. You have destiny. You are chosen to be a king. Not everybody is chosen to be a king. You have been chosen to be a priest. Not everybody is chosen to be a, a priest. You're chosen. Say, I'm chosen. Tell the person next to him. Tell some say, do you know who you're sitting next to? Tell them, do you know who you're sitting next to? You're sitting next to royalty. And they're like, I'm royal too. I am royal too. Let me go on. Can I get an amen? So he goes on and he says, he says, therefore, the law has become our tutor. Remember we talked about the law and God's grace and what the law's design? The law's design was in the, in the Old Testament was to simply point you to Jesus. And this is what he goes on. This is what he says right here. You can back it up scripturally. He says, he says, therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. Everybody say Christ. So that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. In other words, you're no longer operating under the law. The law was the tutor to teach us that we needed to operate by God's grace and God's grace only, that we couldn't fulfill the law. We can't do that. Jesus came and fulfilled it, and everything was pointing to Jesus. And now what Jesus has done by faith, say by faith, we're no longer under the tutor of the law. Verse 26, he says, for you are all, where am I? Where am I? I got lost. I'm over here in chapter 3. It's just so good up in chapter 3. Yeah, I, I was in Galatians. I'm sorry. Let me back up now that you're all confused. Verse, verse 6, because you are, this is Galatians 4. Verse 6, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into the hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Here we go. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Okay? I got ahead of myself. Now, just look back over. Well, let me just touch base on verse 7. You are what? No longer a slave. And the King James Version says you're no longer a servant. Because if you just serve God, then you'll be a servant. But there is a place and time where the servant doesn't stay in the household. The servant goes on to serve someone or something else. 
But the son is always in the house. The son is always in the family. The son, and the Bible talks about this, and it says that the, that the servant leaves and the son is always there. So you're a son. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a son. I went back to verse 24 in chapter 3, Galatians 3, 24. He talks about the law, and he talks about being under the law and it being a tutor, and then faith begins to come. And then because of faith, you're no longer a, a tutor. And then he comes into verse 26, and it says, For you are all sons of... We're all sons of what? Through what? Faith. Say faith. Come on, say it again. Say it one more time. How do you have faith to start a business? How do you have faith to start a ministry? How do you have faith to forgive? Hmm. How do you have faith to have peace when everything around you is in turmoil? How do you have faith to believe that you can overcome an addiction or a bondage that's in your life? How do you have faith to love when you yourself don't even feel loved? How do you have faith to have courage when everybody else tells you there's no way that you can possibly do that? How do you have faith when you get knocked down to be able to get back up again? How do you have faith to be able to take one more step, pray one more prayer, believe God one more day? How do you have faith to be able to do that? That's a supernatural thing inside you. That's a supernatural thing. And when you know who you are, when you understand your identity, when you say, I'm not just a worm crawling on the ground, waiting on the devil to stick me into a jar and put a lid on it. That's what I did. We should do that with caterpillars, didn't we? Here we are. Dude, let's save him. Put him in there. Put holes in the top of the mason jar. Then he would die, and I'd wash the jar, put it back, and then my mom would go can, and she'd go, where did this holes come from? Where is it that you would have faith in who you are, who's your father, who you're connected to, that you can begin to rise up where you are under the circumstances that you've got to rise up in and somebody say, where you think you're going? You can't rise up out of here. Don't you know none of our family has graduated from high school? Don't you know none of our family has graduated from college? Don't you know none of our family has broken out of poverty? Who do you think you are trying to break up, up and out of here? Don't you know what your name is? I'm here to tell you. Your name is royalty. Your name is a child of God. Your name is a daughter or son of the most high God that's why you got faith to begin to overcome adversity and hurts and pains in your life that you can begin to rise up you begin to rise up you begin to say I can do it one more day I can do it one more step I can do it one more time I can throw one more pass I can try the corner of the end zone I got faith to get up and continue today because you've been challenged for 21 days to do something different that you don't normally do it's been a struggle for me. 
mine was sugar, and I really struggled with it, and I wanted to have some ice cream because I had faith when they make homemade ice cream and have chocolate cake, and they say, come on over and have some, and I'm like, eh, no thank you. Everything within me is going, yes, yes, yes. Don't be religious. Don't be religious. Just have one. And I'm like, no, I made a commitment, and my yes is going to be my yes, and my no is going to be my no, and I'm making a commitment to you today. I'm making a commitment to you today that we are not going to back down. We are going to continue to cast vision. We're going to rise up from where we are and be what it is that God said it would be because I got a word from the Lord on it, and when you got a word from the Lord on it, you can overcome any adversity. You can take a licking and keep on ticking. When you got a word from the Lord on it. No matter what people say about you and do to hurt you, you can begin to rise up into that place and say, but God said. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise in this house today. It's about faith. It's about faith. You're a son of God. See, you don't realize it. You don't realize who you're connected to. All things are possible to him that believe. Believe what? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that he died for me. Believe that he shed his blood, that I am the righteousness of God, not by my works, but only through him. And I'm a child. And because I belong to him, because he's my daddy, because I love Jesus, because the power of the Spirit of God works in me, I can overcome anything that's in my life. Hallelujah. 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 I'm telling you, it's about faith. Somebody say faith. Oh, somebody shout faith. Anybody shouters in here? Let's shout faith. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. See, the enemy doesn't want you to have faith. So we have you watch some TV program that God doesn't exist or that Jesus was married or all these other things that contradict the Bible. And you know what it is? You don't even know what's in the Bible. You don't know what's in the Bible, but I'm here to tell you, when I, what I do know is that when I'm connected to him, he's my daddy, and I'm in the kingdom, and I'm on the, uh, come on somebody, and I am in the family of God. And that the Bible says that nothing will separate me from God's love. So if I mess up, Pastor, I messed up. God still loves you. But I fell, and I stumbled, and, I, and, I, and I'm trying to find my way in this dark room, and I'm trying to get out, and I can't find it. I'm telling you, God loves you in the middle of that dark room. He doesn't want to leave you there. He'll bring you out of that. He'll bring you into what he has for you, but you got to see it yourself. you got to say, wait a minute. I am royalty. I can stand up, and I can do these things. I can overcome any plot, plan, purpose, and scheme that the enemy comes against me with because I've got faith. Say faith. What's the difference between you and somebody else that follows Muhammad or Buddha or, or themselves? It's Christ. He's the he's equalizing factor, with, and, and he overcomes everything. When you come in today to worship, let's worship him. Let's worship him. You're coming in here. I got issues. I got problems. I got things going on in my life. You know, the bills are up. Everything's up, 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 up. It's all up. It's all up. Don't know how I'm going to make it. But I'm here to tell you, when we start worshiping the King, when we start lifting up our lives to Him, when we start lifting our hearts to Him, then guess what happens? Faith begins to rise up. Has anybody got some faith rising up in them now? Anybody got some faith that's beginning to start to generate something and you're rising up in there now? And I want to I, I thank you. I want to release this Word of God today. Some of you that are here for the 21 days, that have been with the 21 days with me, I want to thank you so very much. It was a miracle. It was a miracle for me to get on Facebook 21 days in a row. 
Y'all don't understand. It's hard for me. Hard for me. It was a miracle for me to be able to send out text messages to some of you for 21 days in a row. 21 days we were able to do that. I sent out a prophetic word that I felt I heard the Lord saying and I began to start lifting you guys up and begin to start giving you words of encouragement. And I've gotten texts back and, back and emails back saying thank you, thank you, thank you, just at the right time. Just close your eyes a moment. I want you to picture yourself seated with Jesus. You can be sitting on his lap. You can be sitting next to him. You can Either way, you're sitting there with him. If you got that, just look at that a moment. What, can you imagine what that would be like? Because when you're seated with Jesus, you're at the right hand of the Father. And what about if he turned and looked at you and he said, you are mine? Yes. Remember that always. Out of the darkness, I'm leading you to the light. Out of the unrest, I'm leading you to rest. Out of disorder, I'm bringing in order. Out of faults and failures, I'm bringing in perfection. And that word in the Greek is maturity. There we are seated with Jesus. And the Father looks at you and he says, trust me holy." Fear nothing. Hope always. Look ever up to me, and I will be your help at the very time you need it. Out of the chaos, I ordered a beautiful world. I set the stars in their course. I made each planet know its season. And he looks at you and he says, I made you my child in my image, in my likeness. And I picture myself weeping because I'm accepted by the Father. Can you see that? Can you see Him telling you that? not mean not arrogant not boastful but kind and loving and he's looking at you and you're saying you're my child I made you in my image I made you in my likeness go ahead and stand to your feet today heard this expression and it re resonated within me I see God drip feeding hope drip feeding hope to you 
drip feeding hope. If you've ever been in a hospital bed and hooked up to an IV, the drip and the drip and the nutrients and the medication, it just keeps dripping. I see him dripping that over you today. Just close your eyes, and I'm just asking you to hold your hands open just to a receiving position. And I'm asking you to open your heart to God today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know this wonderful God, and you can't have trouble seeing yourself seated anywhere with him, or maybe you've listened to the eyes of the lies of the enemy for so long, the lies, the lies for so long that you've lost your way. God is drip-feeding hope to you right now, hope to you right now. If you're here today and you've not received Jesus and you want to, every eye closed a moment, I'm just asking you to take your hand and just Lift it up to me today. I see your hand. I see your hand. Let me ask you if, you, if you're one that's here today and says, I need hope today. I'm just asking you to slip your hand up because I want to pray for you as long as others. I see your hands. Hands all over. Hands all over. Just receive this hope. Just receive this hope. Receive this hope that God has for you today I'm going to ask the ministry teams to come let's just stay right where we are because you have a father that loves you so much that he made a way when there was no way that he fixed the bridge that he repaired the breach that he restored his relationship Maybe here to your maybe you're here today and you don't know your identity. Just keep your hands open. Just receive the adoption of sonship today. That's a tremendous thing. We we have a distorted view of being adopted. But the courts, the laws of the land, when you're adopted in the physical those laws are, are almost impossible for you to get out of that adoption. In God's courts of heaven, through what Jesus has done on the cross, to shed his blood, and because you've come to him, it's impossible to get out of that adoption. So just receive that today. Receive who you are today. We're going to be dealing in the upcoming days with the lies of the enemy. The upcoming months, we're going to be dealing with the favor of God. We're going to be dealing with your identity. You're going to deal with your identity from now until you meet Jesus. We put away the past, and we say there's a future. I speak a future. Hope being drip-fed to you right now. Receive it. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it.
almost done. Just stay right here with the presence of God. As the Father was looking at you, He was looking with love. He wasn't looking with hate. He's not looking at you angrily. Receive His love today. Thank you, Lord. Many are receiving, many are receiving. Thank you, Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. Now you guys look at me just a moment. are amazing people. You are incredible. You have gifts and talents and abilities that God has given you that He hasn't given me. And He's ready for you to just begin to access those. You want to discover those? We're on a journey today. Some of you here may have gotten off path to get back on path. I want to thank Tatum for you guys being our offensive line. Because that makes me Adrian Peterson. He's a football player. A little humor. But I stood in the hotel room and I looked at my wife and she said, I think I'm healed. And it brought tears to my eyes. I began to weep. And sometimes we go through, not just you, but we go through in losing our identity and who we are. But we're here because God's called us here. we love each and every one of you in a greater measure that you could ever understand. As Eric was just sharing um, how God looks at you, I just want to speak over you today that he's not disappointed in you. You know, I know sometimes it can be somewhere and and God spoke that word to me at Bethel. What happens is we get disappointed in ourselves and we transfer that over to him. And God just says this morning, give that all back to me because he is not disappointed in you. Sure, do we uh, always make the right choices? No. But God's approval of us isn't based on us making all the right choices. God's approval of us is that we accepted his son 
We accepted his son and his love. His love is showered on those that don't even accept his son. And sometimes we confuse his love with saying that we've accepted Jesus, so he loves us and he doesn't love those that haven't, but he does. They may not be saved, but his love falls on the just and the unjust. But I just want to declare over you that he approves of you and he loves you and he's not disappointed in you. And just today as we talk about the enemy reminding us of things in in our lives, sometimes we think that that's God. But see, God reminds us of who we are. That's what God's declaring to you is who you are in his son. He's not declaring your weaknesses to you. He's declaring who you are. And what happens is we see our weaknesses because we're not walking in who we are. But God is always saying, you're my child and I love you. And you have this great life ahead of you with all this potential and everything that I I have for you. So he's always declaring your greatness to you. And that's how we overcome everything else in our life is he's declaring your greatness of who you are in Christ. Never your defeat. He is never, he is never speaking your defeat to you. He's always speaking your potential in his son to you. So receive his approval today to know that you can come out of anything and everything and be who God's called you to be because he approves of you. He approves of you. As we close, I'm going to have Shelly pray with us. We've, We've positioned the prayer teams over here because we just thought it would be a little more private for you. And it's between you and God. And we want to be able to help you connect or reconnect with God. So if you've lost your connection and you feel like you want to help reconnect, I'm telling you, you may have moved away from him, but he's not moved away from you. And sometimes it's a matter of just praying and agreeing and coming back together and believing. We are we're on an amazing journey. We're getting ready to, to buckle up and ride the horse or... Got my running shoes. It was prophesied for go, go buy running shoes. And I'm thinking, did he know that we took our running shoes out of our, our, our luggage and put them in the truck? You know what I mean? I was like, hmm. Anyway, let's, let's pray. Father, we just thank you that uh, not only we're going to lace them up and we're going to get our running shoes on, but we know that we want to stay in step with you and that you're healing, you're delivering, you're setting free today that you're infusing hope, and then hope comes, faith comes, and then faith comes, extraordinary things begin to take place, extraordinary things. So, Father, we just speak forth that we are royalty, we are destiny, we have destiny, we have plan and a purpose. And, Father, I thank you that we belong to you, that your word to me was, you are mine, you are mine. And that you'll speak this word to them, this week, today, that they belong to you. We say, Lord, as for me and my house, we 
will serve the Lord. We speak blessing over all the families today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. The, the office is going to be closed tomorrow. It's Labor Day. Go have a wonderful Labor Day. Families Helping Families is not going to distribute food tomorrow. And the women's Bible study is not going to meet tomorrow. Go have some good time with your families. God bless you. Come and let us pray for you today. Let us pray for you.